crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today we have a guest who I've gotten to know fairly well over the last, I'd say, six months or so. He's about a year ahead of me in his journey building RiskWell Insurance. Our guest is James Jenkins. Now, if you spend any time in IAOA or the NowCerts users group or the Better Agency users group, you are well aware of James because I like to bust his chops because James submits more uh, user feature requests to service providers than anyone I've ever met in my life. Uh, but that's a good thing. I mean that with uh, full sincerity because I, as I say to him, I will I will always be chasing him, but a solid number two on that list. I like to submit feature requests as well. Um, and But it's all in good fun. I, I really want to talk to James because one of the things that he's been able to do and how he's reached uh, escape velocity in his agency, been able to add some staff and really uh, start to uh, deliver the product that, that he uh, kind of, I think, had in his mind when he became an independent agent, um, is he really dialed into to some niches. And, and while at the beginning we talk a lot about... Um, the technology challenges that agencies have. Uh, as we we work through that conversation, we get into what I believe is some incredibly valuable um, ideas, thoughts, concepts around uh, how agencies are going to dial into niches moving into the future, the importance of that, and the hard decisions that we're going to have to make as agency owners and 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 insurance producers and, and sales professionals um, in the coming years as, as things become um, more compartmentalized, uh, it becomes easier for, for people to dip into our backyard. Uh, we really have to become experts and, and, and dig deep into our expertise. So this is an incredible conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, we definitely, uh, we definitely go all over the map, but, um, that's what you've come to expect from this show. So hopefully it's right on par, uh, with a lot of the other conversations we have valuable, no doubt. Before we get to James though, I want to give a big shout out to agency VA. I can't, I can't give agency VA enough accolades. And, and the reason is um, that I now have two agency VAs and I have two of them. I have uh, a guy um, uh, by the name of Nat who uh, lives in the Philippines and he's doing a lot of my backend um, data work. He's helping me um, clean up my systems. He does my COIs. He will uh, make billing changes in my systems and, and he's great. And I really like Nat. He's coming along quick. He's learning. He asks questions when he needs it and uh, a big fan there. And then I also now have someone who's doing outbound dialing for me and helping me reach out to, to more potential prospects. And um, we have a whole process that we work through there. And she's been with me for um, going on two or three weeks, depending on when this is published. And um, it at least the first, I'd say, 10 days have been tremendous and just the, how enthusiastic she is and I'm, I'm listening to the phone calls and, you know, we have some things we got to work out. I'm trying to make my words work for her. You know, we have to do some massaging there and um, I think I tend to be a little wordy and, you know, we're trying to get it down to where it's cleaner and simpler and we can just kind of real punchy, deliver our value proposition and, and get meetings. And uh, the whole time, you know, so all that is great. But what 
the reason you know I choose agency VA is is not just Wes and Ben who who obviously I'm friends with and I love those guys. It's you know I also have Lally who's the manager, so I can go to Lally and say, hey, I need this or this is going on or you know I'm, I'm struggling to get Nat to look at this. Can you help him? Or and and she's tremendous and just the whole team over there has been phenomenal. So if you're looking for horsepower in your agency. Agency VA is the way to do it. Go to agencyva.com, agencyva.com. That's agencyva.com. Here we go. What's up, man? Hey, sexy. How you doing? Good. Since you're late for the podcast, you have to watch me finish this handwritten um, contractor's form that I am filling out. Handwritten? Ugh. That's gross. Well, you know, only the best. What carrier are you doing that requires handwritten apps? Leather Stocking Cooperative Insurance Company. Never heard of them. Well, they only operate in upstate New York. They're actually a phenomenal company. And in 99% of their classes uh, that they write with, you can get a rate online. They just, um, for their for contractors, they, they don't have um, online rating for contractors. So... Mm. There, yeah. So I basically um, I use them, uh, Liberty Mutual and uh, Dryden Mutual, which is another um, upstate only um, insurance company uh, domestic to, to New York uh, for like uh, contractors who are just starting, you know, because first year contractors are never something anyone really wants. So these guys will all write them and. Um, and they do a good job, you know, for, for the handyman, carpenter, renovations guy, you know, they're, they're perfectly fine. They just, um, you know, it takes an extra step, but, um, so that's the deal, but they're good companies. They're real. they're really good companies. New York is weird. We have, uh, if you take Westchester, like the Northern border of Westchester County and you go South and then out towards the Island, that almost should be a separate state. And a lot of carriers operate as if it is a separate state. It's just so much different. You go from, you know, where I live could be Iowa and down there is like Hong Kong. You know what I mean? Like when you think about the the, yeah. the, the difference in densities of people. So, I'm, I mean, I imagine if I were in New York, there's city and not city. Yeah. I mean, the rest of New York is kind of homogeneous. But then you get within half an hour of the edge of the city and everything changes. Yeah, we also, New York in general, I can understand why a lot of the best companies in the, in the country do not come into New York. Because not only is upstate, so upstate is homogeneous to, for a certain extent, but we also have some of the oldest cities in the entire country. So Albany was the first incorporated city in the country, 1664. Really? So, wow. yeah. Yeah, the average age of a downtown building in Albany is like 1840 something. So wow. you go, so yeah, you have these suburbs that are like any other suburbs, you know, 1980s houses, 1950s houses, you know, that, the, you know, during these waves of building. Um, but then you have these cities that are kind of tightly packed uh, in terms of the, where the buildings are. Not a lot of people live there and they're old as shit. So people don't want them. It's, it's a really weird it's a weird dynamic up here. I mean, I this this is not the easiest state to do business in, but it's all good. I mean, there it's not by accident that I've avoided the Northeast. 
Because, I mean, you guys have so many small uh, regionals and mutuals that someone from Texas will never get access to. No. And those companies are almost always more competitive than the nationals. Yes. So like the, so the difference is, so like uh, you're saying, you know, why would you be handwriting out an application for leather stocking cooperative insurance company? And the deal is um, incredible claims handling. Yeah. I know my underwriter first name basis, you know, talk on the phone. I know exactly who she is. If I say to her, look, I know you guys don't want X, but he, it never happens. It's one job a year. She'll go, Oh, okay. You know, or, or not, but I mean, you know, I mean, she'll talk me through it. And like you said, usually better priced and for certain risks, they're just really good. And Dryden's the same way. And that's why when people do the, um, like the, like, uh, uh, Mike Salas, who's, who's down there in Texas, right. He does the, I don't, he's been on Cass's podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a, he's a Marsh guy, real good dude. Um, he always talks about BORs, like 90% of his business comes from BORs. And it's like the BOR game here. I mean, you'd have to have like 750 appointments to be like yeah. a, to be, BOR, you know, to, to be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like when we go down the coast, I don't like writing business south of Houston because it's a bunch of carriers that I don't have and don't want to have. Yeah. You know, with Lighthouse and UPC and Mason and Sagesure and Conifer and like all of these little tiny companies that only write coastal X wind or only write, you know, monoline property and their, their appetite is this big. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, it's Texas, but I mean, kind of like you were saying with New York, Texas really is three states. We are coastal Texas which is its own thing, totally yeah. different. And then North Texas, like the DFW area, and like draw a rectangle around that part of the state. And then the rest of Texas, because DFW and North Texas is freaking hail central, man. Yeah. Like you go from starting like an hour west of Fort Worth, which is like two hours west of Dallas. There's like this line where on the west side, no big deal. You have thunderstorms, but you don't have like crazy hail. And then just magically a line drawn in the map. And it's, oh, well, you're going to get a bunch of hail now. Yeah. It, it's, it's like literally flipping a switch. It's crazy. Yeah. In, beginning about a month from now, you know, third week of March is almost the official beginning of storm season. Well, we could be going fine. And you have from third week, second or third week of March, until the second or third week of June. And you could have the clearest day ever. I mean, sun is shining, not a cloud in the sky, 30 minutes passes and boom, the world is ending. It is like biblical thunderstorm just comes yeah. out of literally nowhere. The it only time I've out. ever been scared on an airplane was actually on the tarmac at DFW. It's the only time I've ever been nervous. I, we come down, just like you said, we're, we're, we're coming down out of the sky. No big deal. It's like a couple clouds. No big deal. We, we hit the ground. And from the time it took us to get from the time we touched down to taxiing over to our gate, this storm rolls in and I shit you not. It was like a, we get like maybe I don't know, 20, 30 feet, right? We're, we can, we're, you could reach out and touch the freaking uh, arm thing, whatever that is thing that comes out the, yeah, the, the, gate. the, the gateway thing. Um, 
and the whole plane lights up like a nuke went off. I mean, whack. So everyone goes, Wah! and we look out the window and another lightning strike hits 50 yards from the plane, hits the ground. And now people are like, whoa. And the, the pilot comes on and, and they're happening. Like, it's like, whack, whack, whack. And oh, uh, the, the pilot comes on and goes, everyone be calm. If a lightning strike hits the plane, everyone's going to be fine. But we can't have you out on the jet. The jet bridge was the term I was looking for before. That's the jet the bridge. Because yeah. if you if the jet bridge gets hit and you're on it, you're toast. So yeah. we just sat there and watched this ridiculous thing. But there was like a moment where I was like, oh, shit. Like that. That's a badass lightning strike. And that's yeah. real close. Now, man, I saw this meme yesterday because it's you guys are used to cold up there. Yeah, Texas, yes, like we we're it's literally going to be maybe zero degrees in DFW on Monday. It's definitely going to be in single digits and we're going to get probably seven or eight inches of snow overnight Sunday into Monday. But the meme yesterday, it was just, I laughed a lot harder than I probably should have. The, the first box of the meme was like North Texans in storm season. And they're just like, like whoopty freaking do it's a bad storm, whatever. I don't care. But then the second thing was like North Texans in winter. And they're like, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like a normal random snowstorm. And everyone was just like, oh my God, we're going to die. Yeah. It's, it's so it. funny how people, is, I mean, obviously, unless it's, you know, that major car accident that probably, I think it made the national news. It was like 120 vehicle pile up on I-35 yesterday. Outside of, of people that don't know how to drive when it ices, I mean, you're not going to die in cold weather, but some of these, some of these storms, man, are just like tornadoes and hailstones, literally the size of a softball just come out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, you might actually die in a, in a storm, but you're probably not going to die when it gets cold outside. No, so. no, I'm with you. Tornadoes scare the crap out of me. So I, I don't, I'm glad I definitely, uh, if, if tornadoes are a regular occurrence in, in that area, I will never live there. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say they're regular. It's not like a once a week thing. And Oklahoma City, like that, like there to Wichita, Kansas, is what they call Tornado Alley. Technically, DFW is in Tornado Alley, but we're like the very southern edge of it. Um, but I mean, we, we'll get, you know, two, three, four tornadoes uh, a year that come through the area. Most of them are little, little baby tornadoes, you know, an F1 or, you know, which is, I mean, it's still a tornado, but you know, a little tiny thing that hits the ground for 15 seconds and then leaves. But I mean, yeah, it's, there's a lot more uh, wind activity here than in most other places in the country. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. So, all right. We've, we've talked about the weather for long enough. Um, all right. Let's I, it's kind of a thing right now. Yeah, no, I get it. it's been cold. I mean, I, yeah, you say the cold, it, it hasn't gotten above 20 in, six weeks and there's been snow on the ground since like December. So yeah, yeah. I'm kind of sick of, I'm kind of sick of it. I could use some vitamin D, but um, Emperor Cuomo will not allow us to leave without, without uh, being microchipped. So I'm not going to do that. Um, all right. So let's talk about something that people listening actually want to hear, which is um, 
you know, you, yeah, you and by the way, I'm sorry. I just realized that you started recording a few minutes ago. I wouldn't have been talking that much about the weather if I'd have known, Hey, we're already on the podcast. Well, that's so all right. Up, Screw dude. them. They're they're They got to listen. They can, this is my show. I can, I can talk about whatever I want and they got to listen to it. So there you go. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry, go ahead. I interrupted you. Go for I, it. I love you guys though. Thanks for listening. You're the best. Um, all right. So, uh, you have kind of carved out your space in the industry really around, um, one being, being relatively new, but hard charging. Uh, I think that's a good way to describe you, right? Two, two years yeah. in the biz approximately. Yeah. Um, and, um, also, uh, one of the most epic, feature suggesters of all technology that you use that wouldn't be another feather in your cap um and i do want to talk about that a little bit uh, and uh lastly i'd say uh your focus on your your your, your dedication to certain niches of business and, and how that's really driven your agency forward which i think is a, another important topic but let's start with the most fun one which is why do you pepper the shit out of every technology tools Facebook post with feature requests like you do? I mean, you have to have some sort of feature request record in some of these Facebook groups. Hey, man, you know, and <laughs> to my friends at Better Agency and now certs, um, I make no apologies whatsoever. <laughs> um, here's the thing, man. I am your best client and the biggest thorn in your side, because when you do something cool, man, I think that's really cool. And I'm going to talk about it a lot. I'm, I'm going to post about it. I'm going to share about it. I'm, I'm a great brand ambassador. But if there's something that doesn't work, or for me, it doesn't work, because I mean, there's, there's a thousand different varieties of agencies, obviously. Um, but when something doesn't work for my team, and really, it's I'm the filter for my team. I have three young ladies that work in my office full time, and they're, they're uh, what most offices would call a CSR. We call them relationship managers. Um, when they complain about something more than twice, I pay close attention. And when they are saying, hey, this isn't working or something broke or why doesn't it do blank? Why can't it do blank? Uh, I feel like it's my responsibility as the, the business owner to be their voice uh, to our vendor partners. So, I mean, feature requests, yeah, man. I mean, you have not because you ask not, right? It's in the yeah. Bible for crying out loud. Um, I don't mind being the guy who's waving the flag. You know, there's been a couple of things with Better Agency where generally speaking, BA is a great platform. I, I'm really impressed with a lot of what they do over there. I know there's a lot of good options, you know, Agency Zoom and Insured Mine and et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of options. I chose Better Agency one, because I believe in the guys that are running it. Um, I think they've got a lot of, of power. You know, they're the credentials behind the people making stuff happen. I mean, their CTO was employee number six at Infusionsoft. I mean, Will Shaw is, is, you know, former NFL player. So, you know, he's got some hustle and some grit and just, just a smart dude. And then Preston Schmidley and Nick Ayers jump on last year. They, they, I don't know what their deal was, but they bought into the company in, in, in some big equity position. And we all know those guys. I mean, anybody listening to this podcast knows who Preston Schmidley and Nick Ayers are. Uh, that's the main reason why I did the BA thing. Uh, and really why I'm still doing it because uh, there've been times last year when my team was like, can we fire them? I want to go somewhere else. I don't like better agency. 
just real talk. Um, but I, I see where they're going. I see the vision and the things that stink about the platform don't stink for very long. Um, it's they stink for a few months, maybe. And then, I mean, what is it twice a month, they roll out a major update. And I think every platform should be like that, you know, having the communication that they do of we get emails twice a month with very specific updates of hey guys here's what we changed here's how you need to be aware of it here's how you do stuff with the new thing it's like teaching us how to play with the toys they give us let's talk uh, about the flip side of that the flip now, side of that now certs hour-long happy hours where they don't get into what's actually changing until 35 minutes in and they're doing it at 7 p.m eastern time and i, I i'm uh. like guys they're like big announcement in the happy hour and 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 i'm super interested because i like now sorts i'm becoming a power user of now certs I, I think it's a yeah. good tool i'm like how about you just tell me what you're doing where's the announcement i shouldn't have to listen to you guys ramble yeah. on about your weekends for 30 minutes to figure out yeah. what the update is yeah no i mean real real talk man uh, <laughs> Jonathan and Richard and Caden and Vlad and Peter and the, the team, they deserve to get a, a little slap across the face, just a little bit. Yeah. Because, I mean, the happy, real talk, the fact that they even have the happy hours to begin with, the fact that that's even a thing, I think is really cool. I think it is cool. The, most other vendors don't have anything like that. They don't mm -hmm. engage with their customers on a ground floor level and with any kind of regularity. But yeah. I mean, holy crap, man. Well, that was, so I was, I was causing, so I, I bring up this topic first only because I'm probably one of the, I'm probably, I'm never going to ascend to your level of feature requestness, but I, I ride your coattails. I'm like a, I'm like a solid number two or number three <laughs> of feature requests. I'll never be at your level, but I'm, I'm right man. there. So I, um, so I, you know, I, I'm in, I see this thing, you know, all for the last two weeks big announcement at the happy hour, big announcement at the happy hour. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. And uh, 35 minutes in, I'm finally, I'm just like, guys, how about this? How about we do the happy hours, which are really cool. And you do like a one page PDF that says what the, what the heck the update is in case I don't have an hour to, yeah. to spend in the video, like yeah. doing 10 seconds forward. 10, when did they get the update? 10 seconds forward, when did they get the update? Yeah. No, I mean, the, the 7 p.m. thing is awful. awful. It is truly just terrible timing because anybody with a family, uh, like That's exactly my, the thing. my wife and my kids are in, uh, you know, with her, her parents, my in-laws for this week, um, just giving me some, I get like once a quarter, I get a week where they go hang out with the in-laws and I get to work 80 hours if I want to and just <laughs> knock out my project list. Yeah. And it's glorious. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Those weeks are great. It just so happens that this is one of those weeks. Most of the time, if my family's in town, I'm not gonna be on a freaking webinar for work stuff at Thursday at seven. Do you want me to like commit suicide in my marriage? Like my wife would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Honey, I'm watching a- I'm on a happy I'm hour where guys are talking about their weekend. She's like, you're doing what? Yeah. <laughs> Why are I'm you watching not a nerdy happy hour Facebook live for a, one of the tools in my insurance agency? I'm going to knife you when you fall asleep, just so you know. <laughs> it's bad <laughs> enough. That I, I mean, I know you and I are the same with this one, man. I, I nerd out and get excited about dumb stuff. The things that the general public would be like, really? Seriously? Like, you care about stupid things. 
Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a risk manager by trade. Like I dig this stuff and we'll talk about stuff at the house. And I'm like, babe, you'll never guess what happened. Insert insurance or risk management store here. <laughs> and she's just like struggling to stay focused in the conversation. Yeah. So she already has to deal with that kind of stuff in general. But if I told her I'm on a happy hour at Thursday at seven, I'm not putting the kids to bed tonight so I can watch a bunch of guys jibber jabber about their software platform. To your point, she would probably threaten to smother me in my sleep. And the worst part is, and I'm only, and, and hopefully if, if they listen to this or this gets back to them, I want, you, this is out of love. I was super interested in the announcement. Like I yeah. wanted to know what it was. And to be honest with you, I don't even have the full announcement yet because I was told in the comment section, go to minute 32. And I'm just like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I'm just going to wait until someone tells me what it is or it or the well, platform do you, changes. Do you want, you want the Cribs version? I would love the Crib the notes. Cliff yeah, notes. Love, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. There is a platform called High Level. Yep. You I know of High it. Level. It's a, yep. it's a CRM. Yep. A lot of really big companies, white label, high level, and put something out that's flavored for their vertical. Um, now certs bought a license of high level and they're building out a whole bunch of crap to complement what now certs is doing because there's some features that are glaringly absent in now certs like they don't really have a sales pipeline at all uh, it's there it's kind of weird for me because i see now certs kind of inching closer to a crm type of features and then you got CRMs like Better Agency and, and even Agency Zoom, I think they have certain features that kind of look like an AMS. And I don't know what your take is on this, but I don't believe in the one killer app platform. I, I don't I don't want yeah. one thing to try to be everything. You know, Microsoft has, I mean, I'm on the Microsoft ecosystem. We use Teams, we use OneDrive, we use SharePoint extensively. Travis Gensler, thank you for that. Uh, shout out to Travis and his group. They've been mm -hmm. amazing for Microsoft. He's like the Oracle yeah. the evangelist for Microsoft. Mm -hmm. um, but Dynamics with Microsoft is a perfect example. Just awful for my awful. needs. Like I got into it. I'm just like, this is crap. This is, it's their version of a CRM and it's terrible in my opinion. It's, it's just bad. So it's, that's kind of what you get when one platform tries to be everything the the whole concept of one killer app to do whatever the insurance agent needs i don't believe in that yeah i have a very clear take on this and it is i think that's a bad idea i think this is a bad idea by now certs i think that there's too many other places that they could drastically improve their product so i i'm on yeah. now certs not at, because i don't think it's a good product i yeah. really like now certs and i said this to i was talking to um Oh, I was talking to somebody that maybe it was Paradiso and he was asking me because Paradiso is on Hawksoft. And right now, Hawksoft actually integrates with every tool that I use right now that I want to mm. use. But I'm like, eh, Hawksoft doesn't have a writable API. They're very slow to make improvements. I think some of that is cultural. Um, I also know Hawksoft is a good product that a lot of really great agencies run on, not a knock on Hawksoft. You know, no one's perfect. But I, I look at now certs and I say to myself, this platform could take over the AMS space. Yeah. It could, but things like, like the, it, they just seem to have a very casual attitude towards things like growth and things like 
you know, improvements to the product and stuff like that. But server downtime, server down. Well, the fact that like 11 o'clock every day, we just get a, hey guys, just so you know, WWE is down today. Uh, you know, it'll be up as soon as we can. I'm like, no, here's, here's the problem. In their defense, they have like 24 servers. But the problem is you and I are both on their test server. Yeah. So we get features before everybody else does because WWE is their test server. That's where they drop out the new things and, and beta them for a week or two. But WWE is also the one that goes down more than any other server because it's the test server. Yeah. But so. here's my point. I think now certs is awesome. I really, I, I don't really have a beef in, in general. Like their UI is a little tough and, you know, there's some different things that are a little wonky. I really wish, you know, but, but then I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, don't add some third party white label licensed CRM tool. Just be really awesome at AMSing and connecting to other tools like Insured Mind, Agency Zoom, Better Agency, HubSpot, you know, pick the top 15 CRMs and be ridiculously easy and fully integrated with those tools. And you will become the default AMS for the middle and smaller agency. Like it, this is a no brainer win. I don't understand why these platforms don't get it. QQ yeah. doesn't get this from Vertifor. Well, that kind of makes sense. But yeah. at all these small guys, I don't, because, because granted, I'm not trying to call now search Hawks off small, but versus applied or Vertifor, you know, they are. I, I don't understand the thought process. And I think this goes, this is larger than, I'm not trying to just not, not talk about now search, but like, I just look at now search and I'm like, oh my God, they could be the default tool from everyone in the middle market down to startup. They have that yeah. potential. It's that good of a tool. And yeah. to waste, for me, to waste dev time and brain cycles on a CRM when you could just plug into BA, Insured Mind, or Agency Zoom, whichever you choose, and have yeah. it work seamlessly, I, yeah. I don't understand that decision. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, why don't you tell them that, and I will tell them that, and then if enough people tell them that, they may you know, realize that this is not a long-term solution because, no. you know, when I'm in a weird spot because I've got better agency going out and getting Ivan's integration, which they've been working on that behind the scenes for like six months, I heard from Will. And then my AMS is trying to act like a CRM. So my CRM is trying to act like an AMS. My AMS is trying Eventually, to act like you're going to have to make a, a decision where you have a product that yeah. that isn't doesn't do everything that you want on either side. That that's yeah. ultimately what these tools are forcing us to do, which is well, what bothers me so much. And I think, and this may segue into other things we talk about uh, on on this recording uh, episode. Sorry, um, as I sit here at my desk, I keep on forgetting that people are listening to this on their phones or they're driving in their car right now. So uh, let's stay focused, James. Stay on message. Um, it's the, the whole thing of being a generalist versus a specialist, of being the do everything, the state farms and farmers of the world versus the carrier, like your small regional mutual, the-, the Leather stocking. The leather stocking community, something or other. Shout out to Dryden Mutual too. I love you both. Shout out to Dryden. Yeah. I mean, the upstate uh, mutuals and, and regionals, like those carriers have no interest in being everything to everybody. They want to do a very small number of things at an extremely high level of performance. 
And if you're not in their target market, they don't care a thing about you. Yeah. You're not, you're not discussed in their meetings. They don't care what you want because they are not interested in that. They're staying really focused on their message. And I think that as we move into 2021 and beyond, the more that the direct channel becomes commoditized for small commercial now with insure techs like, you know, Pi and Next and et cetera, like small commercial five years from now is going to be exactly like personal lines is now where it's highly commoditized. It's, you know, very low barrier to entry. The typical run of the mill insured isn't even going to talk to an agent. I'm talking like the lowest common denominator person, not the, not, not the people that you and I want to work with. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the gap between the generalist and the specialist, I think is going to get just massive within the next couple of years where the, the people that are trying to be the everything to everybody, you know, the ones that are offering seven different product lines and they've got, you know, 14,000 links on their website. Um, those people I think are going to be in a really hard place before too long. What's up guys. Quick break here. Want to give a shout out to nationwide brokerage solutions. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than nationwide brokerage solutions with over 200 carriers. Their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers, ever changing needs. That's your need for your customers, ever changing needs. With MBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business. Sorry, sometimes when you're reading these things, the way the words are written don't sound as good as they probably look. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information, go to Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Visit nbsbrokerage.com. On the reels, guys, Rogue Risk uses Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. We've been very, very happy with them. Hanley out. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think you have to pick a thing, right? If you're going to be a generalist, then you need to be the generalist of the 10 mile radius from where you live, right? Yeah. If you're going to be, um, you know, if you're going to be industry specific, you, you, you know, that's what you got to be. If you're going to be product specific, right? Like I'm trying really hard to be product specific. And even that I'm finding is, is to, is a little broad for where I'm at in my development. So, so I'm making some changes there. And I think, you know, this, this, you know, this, this works in tech. It certainly works in insurance agencies. You know, this, you know, what bothers me is this is what bothers me in general about the, and I kind of knew about, I, I heard about the, the high level thing. Um, I just didn't know the details, but um, the, what bothers me is I want to be able to pick the tools that are right for my, for what I'm trying to do. Right. I like a very simple CRM. I personally, the way I work, the way I manage my, my, I have a, I have a, I have a team now, everyone, I can say that it's official. I've hired people. It's not just me. And I'm, these aren't alter personalities. They're real other humans. Um, you know, I like very, very simple. Give me simple and works. That's all I want. I don't need 10,000 triggers for my agency management system. I need to be able to connect into that. I can hate duplicate entry. So, you know, so and now all of a sudden, what I find is every tool I start to use, and I and this is going to come back to our insurance example, because I do want to ask you about, uh, I want to finish the podcast talking about um, your work in, in certain niches, is that I get a shitty version, my, 
I pick a tool and then it evolves into a shittier version of itself because it wants to be this big, broad, huge thing. And I'm just yeah. like, God, I picked you originally because you did the thing that I needed really well. And every time you do an update, it becomes a bigger monster. And again, some people like that, uh, the, the complexity and overarchingness. I mean, look at people who, yeah. who, who, who live in the uh, applied network, right? If you're an applied network, you go there, one, because it is the best agency management system that exists. I, I have to give, Applied Epic is the best. It's yep. just expensive as shit. Um, and you got to dev it yourself and build out exactly as you want it and spend a hundred grand on it. But it, yeah, I mean, it's a big the, thing. For the Josh Gurley's and Brad Rosenkeels of the world, like there's a reason why yep. of the top hundred agencies in the country, like 90 of them are on Applied Epic. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, for that, sure. Yeah, for sure. Right? I get so what that's you mean. so there are people that like that ecosystem thing, hundred percent. But yeah. I just think for 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 people who are starting to work for agencies that are starting to work target markets, I really think that our technology providers are doing us a disservice by not just being A plus pluses at the thing that they do best. So then I can cherry pick the tools and say I want this and I want to plug it into this and then I want this to plug into this and holy crap, this really works. Now I can deliver my workers' compensation program and Rogris 365 and, and plug in the, the, the uh, self-managed certificate program from something like Certificial, which is a tool that needs to be on your radar, by the way, Certificial. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, dude, dope. This is a game changer for anybody that works with contractors or produce a lot of certs. Game Hi. changer. That's me. Absolute game changer. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is, it's, it's so baller. I'm going to have him on the podcast um, as soon as I can. His name's Peter. He did 18 years as a CTO at Applied and not like the dopey part of, a, of not Applied, Accord, not the dopey part of Accord, but like he he was really one of the people that were pushing them forward. And um, it's just, that's a really cool tool. But like, I'm just saying, like, I want to be able to say, okay, Certificial, um, uh, Zywave nice. Client Portal, um, you know, this tool, this tool. And if you guys were just all awesome at what you did, I could plug you all together. And now I have the perfect agency tech platform, yep. but instead they all go, Hey, you know, I do certs and I think we're going to get download. And I'm really thinking about building out a chat bot feature. And you're like, mother Well, I mean, the whole, the whole idea of stay in your lane and I think it really just comes down to people get get delusions of grandeur and they allow tribalism and, and the whole like my club, your club thing. Like, oh, our club is the best. We can do it better than that other vendor over there. Well, why don't you have an open API and allow other companies to just integrate directly? Well, yeah. because we're better than them. It's like, okay, well, I disagree fundamentally with your premise, but I, I digress. Oh, well, it, it creates a, a situation where guys like you and me are spinning our wheels because you take a great platform like an outsource or a better agency. And would I prefer that they not do the downloads and do something else with their dev time? Yeah, I definitely would. There's there are a lot of features that I'm basically like arms outreached begging yeah. for at this point. Yeah. Uh, definitely. But the same goes for a lot of platforms. Um, I, I think we just need to keep banging the drum. Uh, the reality is when they, you know, climb up on their hilltop and wave their flag, they're not going to back down from that because then it seems like 
a, a defeat or a failure and yeah. no business owner wants to do that. I think the important thing is having those behind the scenes conversations where you can influence the decision makers before they decide to climb a hill and wave a flag. Yeah, I think the decision comes down to, and this is, I promise, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about um, the questions I have about your agency and what you're doing. Um, is you, you're you're basically managing. Uh, I think you're basically all these companies come to a decision point, and that decision point is maximize enterprise value or build a customer base that is ravenously in love with us. Because I don't think you can do both of those. I think the companies that can do both of those things are are the unicorns. Those are the unicorn companies. I don't mean in valuation. I just mean in general. Like you, you have to either maximize features and things that someone else would want to buy to make the most money, or you could stay tight and amazing and awesome and have people who would literally tattoo your brand on their arm. And I think that's a very hard decision. And, yeah. and when you, when you're talking about the dollars in terms of valuation dollars that a lot of these companies are getting and that better agency is most likely worth. And a lot of the tools that we talked about are worth, right? I mean, uh, I, I can't imagine they're not already fielding calls for at least eight, if you know, eight digit offers. I, I, I don't know if they're a nine digit company yet, but I'm sure they're getting eight digit offers. And, yeah. um, you know, that's a really tough decision to make. And if now you have something, you know, just, I'm not, I, I have my own feelings about the download thing as well, but, but I think if you're looking at them from an enterprise value standpoint and they have yeah. download, you're going, woo, woo. I mean, well, def, you know, there's something there. Yeah, man. I mean, we could yeah. talk about the difference between, you know, driving EBITDA and going after shareholder value and starting to think like a larger company versus keeping the mission, you know, front and center. We, we could say the very same thing about every agency yeah, and every agency owner listening. Uh, are you pushing for a multiple? Are you trying to sell in five years or are you on mission? Like, do you wake up in the morning excited about advancing the cause. Yeah, I think, and you know, so this takes me into, you know, where I see valuations going and why I think you're on a great path. So you've chosen, so you have, you have uh habitational, right? That's one of them contractors. Yeah. What, what are the other niches that you, that you've lined up? The, we made, and I'm honestly, I'm trying to figure out what to do with personal lines right now. I mean, flip a coin on if I sell my personal lines book and just go all in on on commercial and real estate investors. I we stumbled into the real estate investor world about four years ago because I had one client who had nine rentals. And at that point, I was still an agent with a captive company. Uh, and I was able to write that account and was like, oh, crap, that's good money. That yeah. was pretty easy. I want to do more of this. And so over the next two years, when we were at the captive agency, um, we did that extensively. And that's part of the reason why I left that company is they're not very good at serving real estate investors. Um, and that's the kind of the how we got to where we are now, where it morphed into, well, it's not just single family, it's it's the people doing flips and renovations. And oh, the people doing, you know, small commercial, and oh, apartment buildings and condo associations, which I don't like nearly as much as apartments, because boards and gosh, the the certificate request for refinances on condo unit owners is just like put a gun in my mouth. Certificial, that's, that's, certificial. I'm going to change your life for you. I promise I, you. You and I are going to talk later about that because I've seen it a couple of times. I don't know anything about it. To answer your question, um, 
roofers and general contractors in particular. I mean, the contractor world is just massive. There's literally hundreds of trades. I'm not really interested in the small trade contractor, the drywall guy or whatever. I want the GC. I want the hard stuff, you know, the concrete, the, uh, the, the masonry, the roofing, the general, the stuff that has a lot of premium and it's hard to place. I find the harder something is to work in, the less competition there is and the easier it is to point it out when posers trying to come in and act like they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, if a generalist tries to play in my space, I'm going to bury them in knowledge of forms and exclusions, endorsements, and just all that CIC and CRM stuff, you know, and those, the designation programs, the stuff that most agents don't even know about or care about. That's the difference between an okay program and a great program in that world. Um, the, the, the other two really are the tech space, uh, and then healthcare medical, uh, yeah. doctor's offices, uh, healthcare technology companies, durable me medical equipment manufacturers. If it's healthcare medical or if it's in technology, it, you know, the, the geek squad kind of contractor who comes to your house and fixes your computer. Um, those kind of folks own vehicles. They have a lot of employees. They need, E O. like those are just great accounts because you can rack up a lot of premium pretty quickly if you know how to cross sell. Yeah, I have never, I, I have purposefully not uh, involved myself in the in the healthcare space. I just don't know that much about it. Even though um, the carrier plant, I have much to their chagrin. They would love it if I did. I get every time I talk to my reps, like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna start soliciting healthcare stuff, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I do really like, I like technology. I like media. Um, you know, anyone with big cyber exposure, I mean, which most companies today actually have big cyber exposure, but you know, anyone who, I really like that because I feel like, you know, I took a, a, a nice size account away from an agent the other day because uh, solely on cyber, I took the whole package on cyber. They, they, they put basically first party only, you know, data breach cyber coverage on this account. And I'm like, mm, yeah. do you understand what you have to like, No, we have cyber. I'm like, okay, let's talk about that. And, you know, yeah. by the time we got to, 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 I was explaining, have you ever got an email that looked like it was from your mom, but really it was from somebody in a different country? And they're like, yes. I'm like, yeah, that's not covered on this policy. They're like, well, how do we fix that? You ever yeah. hear of a BOR? <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's like, you know, that I think I like, um, and, and this is coming back to your point, why, where I think you, we have to start making decisions. If this is a hundred percent true in commercial, and I think a lot of commercial agents, I shouldn't say a lot. I think more commercial agents in general get this idea. I think personal lines agents who are thinking about commercial do not. And I've seen that a lot. And that to me, there is tremendous opportunity in saying, I write real estate investors. Yeah. Because what, because just like you said, man, then you start to get the branches. Well, oh, this carrier also writes HOAs. This carrier also writes condo associates. Okay, I can get into there. And now um, you're playing in a really interesting space. Here, I have a question for you around carriers. Yeah. Now I know I, we already said, you know, the Northeast has way too many carriers and you guys have less. Um, but I, I, I recently just purposefully dropped two personal lines appointments. And in general, I've been thinking about the carriers that I use. And yeah. I said to myself, um, I know th there's a philosophy of have as many carriers you can get and write as much business as you can write. 
And then yeah. the other philosophy is have carriers that you know and have deep relationships with and work inside of their appetite and be experts in the carrier as well. Where do you, where do you fall on that and why? You know, I love this topic because I think this is the kind of meat and potato agency owner conversation, why people listen to podcasts like this. This stuff just lights me up. I, I love this topic. It this only took us stuff. 47 minutes to get there. Bro, I mean, <laughs> this is why I, I'm into podcasts. If you and I were face-to-face -face in Tampa in November, we'd be sipping something, talking about this right here. 100%. Um, I'm, the, I'm the second one. And I, I, I'm like that for a variety of reasons because it plays right into my general business philosophy of do a small number of things and do them incredibly well. The, the captive agent, doesn't understand market management. Had no idea. When I first got in, I didn't understand it. Two years yeah. ago, I had no idea. And I said some really stupid things early on that now I looking back, I'm just like, that is not a good idea. Yeah. And I mean, I, I was greedy for appointments at the beginning. And then I realized about six months in, I'm like, oh crap, every appointment I take expects to get fed. And when you're a small agency, you don't have enough submissions to go around. And like where we're at right now, I have six direct commercial appointments. And I don't mind saying it openly because, I mean, if you want to come at me, let's go. If you think you're going to be a part of my account, come on, bro. Let's do this. It's Chubb, Hartford, Nationwide, Liberty, State Auto, and um, um, crap. I can't even think of the other one. Their, their last place. Uh, anyways. Those, I, I have six carriers and um, Mercury has monoline commercial auto uh, and then BHHC I just picked up, but that's mostly for outside of Texas because their property market in Texas is crap. Um, but their auto product, especially fleet auto with BHHC is really, really strong. Um, but the whole philosophy of, I want to do a very small number of things with this carrier that absolutely loves it. Like Chubb, for instance, their cyber program is phenomenal. It's great form, good insuring agreement. The exclusions and endorsements are really favorable. I like the language on their documents and it's really easy to navigate and it's really well-priced. I mean, there's like three or four things that Chubb does extremely well. You know, almost a year ago, they got into food and beverage and they were sending a bunch of emails about, hey, give us your, your restaurant submissions. And I'm like, bro, you're never going to get a restaurant submission from me. That's not what you guys are. Stop yeah. trying to be that. It's they, they, them in Hartford. I see them as clones of each other. Travelers is like in the middle. You got Liberty and State Auto and Nationwide are blue collar companies. They want to write the manufacturing, the, the contractors, the lessors risk only. They want to write that blue collar, get it done, middle of the economy sort of stuff. They don't have good cyber options. They don't have good E&O options. They're just not that kind of carrier. And then Travelers and, and Hanover and some others that are kind of in the middle between blue collar and white collar. And then you got Chubb and Hartford and CNA, which are like super white collar where they've got excellent cyber and E&O and uh, you know, their management liability, their EPL, like their, their coverage options are really, really strong, but in certain areas, like you're not going to take a contractor to Hartford. 
that's just not a good fit. Yeah. But Hartford loves writing consultants like management and business consultants. You don't even need to submit to anybody else. If someone calls you up and they're a work from home, white collar consulting company, straight to Hartford, you don't even need to submit anywhere else because Hartford's going to be gangbusters. So did, I, did that answer your question? No, hundred percent. It did. I mean, it's the exact same way that I feel. I, uh, I, yeah, I have no, I never have any problem talking about the carriers. Um, Cause like you said, if someone's going to, I mean, this is just interesting that you brought that up. Cause that is still like a thing. Like I remember when I first got in the business 15 years ago, my, my father-in-law, and it's not a knock on him. This was the prevailing idea was like, you don't tell anybody who you have appointments with because you know, they'll come after you. And I think that is, that is really changed. And I'm glad um, that it's changed because it's, I think what it does is it allows us just like with our technology providers to, but more combined voices to a carrier about a thing like Hanover. I love Hanover. If anyone from Hanover is listening, you have to know that when I get to place a piece of business with you, I really enjoy it. I've never had a bad claims experience. I've never had a customer. I had a customer have an $8,000 homeowner's claim uh, a, a month ago, five-star claims review. They said, no, handled perfectly, perfectly. So I love Hanover. Their technology is grossly inadequate considering the quality of the company. Probably the worst in my entire shop. And I handwrite accounts to Leatherstocking. So just understand that. <laughs> you know, just to You're put it in perspective. You're getting by the company with handwritten apps. Yes. And it's, it is that bad. That being oh, said, it's a tough position because their product is tremendous. Their pricing is tremendous. Their claims are tremendous. And their people are tremendous. So, so this is kind of the thing you fight. I'm with you on Chubb. I adore Chubb. They're my number one carrier. Uh, I absolutely think that Chubb's small business unit, what they've done to improve it, their quoting, their handling of, uh, of customer accounts, um, their billing needs work. But um, outside of that feature, uh, I think they are tremendous. Um, you know, I also have Guard, Cincinnati, Liberty, and then some Select. So I basically have five main carriers that I work. And then I have, I have some... Um, uh, like workers comp only like Amtrust pie and employers. And, uh, um, and then I have a couple mutuals that I write with for, uh, for, for some stuff here in the Northeast. Like none of those guys are taking on an 1840s four unit in downtown yeah. Albany. That, you yeah. know what I mean? That's, that's a leather stocking dried in account. So um, my point in saying all this to you is I made that same mistake early, right? I was like, Gobble, gobble, you know, oh, you'll, you'll give me an appointment. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Oh, you want 30,000, hundred thousand who cares? You know what I mean? Like say yes to everything. And, um, the deeper I get into this business, the more I say to myself, I'd almost rather give a piece of business to somebody else that I, you know what I mean? Like so, if account comes in and it doesn't fit my markets, I'd almost yeah. rather hand that to someone else and say, here, you take this and do a good job for them versus I'm going to go out and find some carrier that this is going to be the only piece of business I have. Bro, perfect example yesterday. I don't know how well you know Joe Campert in Austin with Redwood. Um, I know him and we've talked online, but we have, yeah. he hasn't been on the show yet. I mean, the kid is, is doing something special, him and his dad. I think of him as my little brother in insurance because we just, we hit it off and he's got a, a great story. Perfect example with him. He is a trucking insurance god. I mean, him and Cameron Patchy over in uh, Washington State, I think is where yep. Cameron's located. Cameron and, and Joe and his shop are like the only two people in trucking that I think of, uh, except for maybe Francis Nunez in Texas. But 
but you know what I mean? Yeah. I got, I got a trucking inbound request. Somebody hit my office and was like, Hey, I've got a couple of trucks. I do OTR. We, we haul just general freight. And I'm like, bro, I'm not even going to touch this. Yeah. I said, I'm going to connect you with my friend and colleague, Joe. He's in Austin. Him and his shop will take great care of you. I'm not qualified to do this account. And yeah. he's like, that's awesome. Thank you for telling me. I'm just like, dude, it's so much better. I, is there a lot of premium there? It's probably a $35,000, $40,000 premium account, probably, you know, five grand in revenue, plus or minus. I have no business taking that account. So I handed it straight over to Joe and texted Joe. I was like, hey, this dude, here's his information. I told him you'd be calling him. It's just wash my hands of the whole thing. Yeah. But the flip side of that, Joe sent me a large condo association in Missouri in January. It's probably 150000 in premium. Yeah. Joe's like, I have no business trying to write this. I probably could write it, but it would take me way longer. And you're better at this than I am. I'm just perfect example. Like yeah. that flow of experts sending over here to a different expert, someone who's got enough self-awareness to realize I probably shouldn't try to do this. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that your, your listeners, our listeners for this episode would really serve themselves well is figuring out where do I draw the line? At what point do I say, I'm not going to try to do that. And then you just establish this network of subject matter experts for various verticals within the insurance world and stay in your lane yeah. and kick some serious tail in your lane. I, like, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I This trucking thing, I actually, uh, so a good one for Ohio is Seth Zaremba, Jay Muller and uh, Camargo Insurance is another good resource for, for different people if you're on the East Coast. It's tough to find people that focus on trucking on the East Coast, but um, it, uh, I give out probably a dozen trucking leads a week at this point because I just get them in and I'm, I send them to, I didn't know Joe did trucking. I sent a lot to Cam. I sent some, I sent them all over the place um, because I just can't, I, I don't want to go down that path. It's so much and yeah. um, the, the trucking path, but I completely agree with you. I think early on what the vast majority of people do, myself included is whatever you can get. I think you have to do that, right? You got to survive. You have to yeah. survive. I think if you have a natural niche and connections, do it, but to a certain extent, survive. Once you're past survival mode, and I think this is where I've seen some other agencies really struggle. And I was actually talking to my Liberty uh, rep who who I've known for like almost since like my first week in the business 15 years ago at the Murray Group. Um, and he said he had three, he appointed three agents in January and February of last year that didn't make it through, through COVID. And he said a big part of it was just like you, at a certain point, like you have to know, you have to recognize I'm out of survival mode. Maybe I'm not thriving, but I'm out of survival mode. I now need to pivot from everything I can get to, to what's going to get me to the next level. And yeah. um, like for me, I'm trying to focus on uh, contractors, comp, and technology businesses. They're, I'm interested in them. I can speak the language and and I like helping them. I have the markets to help them. That's where I'm going. So if you send me, like I'll, I'll write some HAB if it falls into Cincinnati or whatever, but but there's really big stuff. If I had a really big HAB come in, I would have no idea what to do with it. I'd waste I'd waste three months trying to figure that out, you know, or or some of these other healthcare. If, if I had, if a non, you know, I had a, a, a medical transport company call me, sorry, can't do it. I, I just, I have no idea where to put medical transport. I just yeah. don't. So I think this is one of the most, and I want to be respectful of your time and, and I actually have to go too. Um, but I, I think that this topic 
is uh, one of the most important topics for companies as they evolve. And look at you getting your coffee delivered. You slacked that to her, didn't you? Bring me a coffee or a cappuccino. No, is it a cappuccino or a that's coffee? That's Brecklin. She's my right hand. Literally, as we're doing this, I see it come up on here. She goes, hot cocoa? Question oh, mark. you son of a gun. Oh, like, look at you. <laughs> right there. Yeah. I'll, if I could share my screen with you, all, all you see is a smiley face. I didn't even say yes. I just said. Teamwork. Teamwork makes a dream work. So. Uh, just to wrap up, man, I uh, want I appreciate your time and thoughts. And we went a lot of places here that I didn't expect, but I think that's a good thing. Um, yeah. This this idea, to your point, this is one of the most important topics. Is it's almost like you got at some point you got to grow up, and maybe maybe if growing up for you is I am gonna dominate everything inside of ten miles, right? Yeah. I think that's a I think that's kind of a tougher road to play today. I don't know that that's the right path, even though it may feel like the right path. I yeah. think, I think if you're starting up as fast as you can get to a thing, whatever that thing is. So dude, um, where can people get at you? Where's the best is Facebook, LinkedIn, the gram, you TikTok in, you know, what's the best place for people to connect with you if they just want to. I'm kind of old school. It's probably Facebook. Um, I've never gotten on TikTok or Twitter. LinkedIn is nothing but spam. Um, it's it's kind of Instagram for family stuff and Facebook for work stuff. LinkedIn is my so, yeah. number one is my number four source of new business at Rogue Risk. No kidding. Shit, you not, dude. We need to talk about LinkedIn because yeah. I I mean it's basically a non-existent platform for me. Yeah, my wife says the same thing. It's a completely opposite for me. It is the most valuable social platform. Outside of blasting the technology platforms that I pay to uh, help me service my customers on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn is the most valuable platform to me. It just doesn't even come close. Bro, I think we've got a great opportunity for a second episode in a yeah, few months. Yeah, for sure. Well, I we'll think run we need it. to be more focused on our, our topic. Yeah, yeah we'll be more focused. Time. I can't always promise Friday afternoon recordings could go anywhere. So that's kind of what happened today. But um, I, I'll say uh, absolutely gives us a reason to come back in a couple months. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you. Uh, riskwell.com if you want to check out uh, James' agency. Dude, yeah. appreciate and it. Let me just say, so we can save people from messaging me going, hey, I really like that idea. I was like, okay, here's the thing. And if I'm going to ask for one thing, go to YouTube and subscribe to my channel. I'm putting a lot of effort into putting good content on there. It's one, it's for insurance agents and also for other business owners. Um, but don't ask if you can borrow or adapt or adopt something you see from me. I give it freely, take it, make it your own. Don't message me and say, hey, can I use this? Because that happens all the time. Yeah. I just want to be like, dude, of course you can go. Do yeah. your thing. Amen um, but yeah, risk, risk Wells YouTube channel. If you're going to connect with me, I'd love for you to connect there. Shameless plug. And while you're there, if you haven't already subscribed to, to Hanley's uh, Rogue Risk channel, he's got some good stuff there too. Hell yeah. Unless you're going to do what someone did the other day and downvote every one of my videos. She's not actually on camera. She can come in. I don't produce the video. Oh, you don't? Okay. <laughs> Well, she just threw a snowball on my desk, so maybe I should put her on video. That's a good way so. to end it. Hey, man, appreciate you. Be good. Thanks, bro. Take care.